Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. So we're into this catchphrase Christianity series and today we're going to look at the story in John 8 of the woman caught in adultery. Um, But first off, we've just got to reiterate that this whole series is all about Jesus revealing God. How Jesus does things is what God is actually doing. Jesus is not just a good approximation, nor is he a signpost pointing us in the right direction. He is the way, the truth and the life. Jesus is God revealing God's self and making himself knowable within his own creation. And that's an important framework for us to begin with. And this whole series is aimed at just pressing these claims and seeing how that affects how we live and move and have our being in this world, how we think about God and how we act. So John 8, then, the woman caught in adultery. This is a physical parable. John's gospel does not contain parables. It contains these dramas, these unfolding kind of narratives instead that kind of function in the same way as the parables do in the synoptics. And this is a parable all about judgment. <clears throat> so what we have to notice first is that this 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 poor woman is dragged um, into this crucible for judgment she's she's brought there by religious leaders and she's decried <clears throat> as a sinner as somebody caught in the very act of sin of adultery and jesus is pressed uh, for his judgment and we see that jesus stoops into the dirt he writes in the dirt he orientates his posture in a sympathetic way and this mirrors Um, The actual incarnation of God, God condescending, humbling himself to reveal himself as saviour to a sinful humanity. This is what Jesus is doing here, physically playing this out. Jesus bends down into the dirt with this sinner, this, 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 this woman who has been caught in adultery. And this is all about judgment. And we have um, massive issues within Christianity about judgment. Um, some some parts of Christianity go really hard on, on the judgment idea of God, that, that he is this, this strong and stringent God um, distributing punishments and sentences. Uh, this, this wrathful God, this angry God, this God that has to uphold his own honour, that has to uh, distribute this sort of justice that looks like a, a judge sat on a judgment seat with a gavel saying, you will you will just get a fine, you know, and, and, and you pass, you know, you are innocent and, and no, you get 25 to life. Or on the other end of the spectrum, we have Christians that kind of sidestep and tiptoe around God's judgment. Um, that that they insist that the judgment passages must, um, you know, kind of, you know, we need to deal with them in a different way. Maybe maybe God's just all love and, and, and there is no judgment in God or something. The problem is, is that they are in the Bible. They are there. And Jesus does talk about it um, and quite a lot, actually. Um, so we have to tread carefully here. But one of the major issues that we have is that our view of God is being dictated to us by this one solitary metaphor of a courtroom judge. This 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 presides over how we view God. And the problem is, is when metaphors are totalized and they they tell you what God is like more than Jesus, then we have a serious problem within Christianity. Also, what we have to recognize is that judgment uh, can can be uh modeled or moded in 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 certain ways so 
what we have, what I'd like to kind of propose is that there's an evaluative judgment, you know, judgment as discernment, judgment is separating the good from the bad, judgment is, uh, is separating light from darkness and setting things right. Or there's punitive judgment, which is you are very bad and you deserve to be punished or you are very good and you deserve to be rewarded. But what we notice about Jesus in this in this story in John 8 is that when he talks to the woman, he says, you know, woman, you know, have have your accusers not condemned you? Well, I condemn you neither. Just go and sin no more. And so what we find here is that Jesus is able to judge her because he calls a woman and he separates her from woman caught in adultery. She just becomes woman. But what Jesus doesn't do with judgment is bring a certain level of condemnation. Uh, we are primed. We, we expect condemnation with judgment. That That's how as humanity in, in the 21st century, that's how we understand judgment. Judgment has to have that fearful, self-loathing, guilt trip, condemnation with it. And, and we're so used to that idea that we find it hard to pass out judgment from condemnation. But what we see here is Jesus enacting a judgment without condemnation. So, in fact, Jesus's judgment is liberating Jesus' judgment is empowering. It enables her to go and do the right thing. So let's just look at that a little bit. I want to talk about um, the intrinsic changes or extrinsic motivation in how we live. Um, how do we live a Christ-like life? How, you know, we talk about sin um, and, and, and judgment is supposed to deliver us from sin and enable us to live correctly. Um, so if we talk about judgment in a punitive sense, what that does is that sets up this framework of fear. You know, if I do the wrong thing, then I'm going to get punished or if I do the right thing, I'm going to get rewarded. So it's that whole carrot and stick motivation. But the problem with that is, is what it engenders is a, a selfishness at the heart of the being. You know, like I want my reward, therefore I'm going to act rightly. So acting right does not come from a good heart. Acting right comes from a selfish motivation. So actually... It's completely the opposite of what we want to instill in people or the punishment idea. So I'm going to do right so I can escape punishment. So it either comes from the motivation that either comes from a selfish inclination or a self-preservation inclination. But we see that Jesus neither never acts selfishly, nor does he act in a way that preserves his own self. You know, we look at the cross. That is the, the exact opposite of self-preservation. That is the exact opposite of selfishness. And Jesus calls us as his followers to pick up our cross and follow him. We should walk in his ways. And so the problem with seeing God as this punitive judge is that it inculcates the wrong nature within us. What I want to suggest is that in this story, Jesus demonstrates evaluative judgment. He says, look, you are doing wrong and that is going to destroy you and that is going to destroy the community that you are in. This is not healthy. This is not helpful. And this is not what you were created for. Woman, I liberate you from the adultery. That sin no longer has to dictate you. It no longer has to label you, but it is on you to live congruently with this liberation. Now you have a choice. And the thing is, is what this does is Jesus demonstrates his grace, this love uh, as, as uh, an empowerment, as, as an intrinsic change within her. She has experienced that love in judgment. And now she is empowered to go and do things out of that love. She has experienced that love of God. Therefore, she can change truly within herself. And what we see is judgment as love, judgment as an internal change, judgment uh, that enables us to go live a correct life with the correct motivations.
God is love and God does judge. They are not two separate things. They're, they're part and parcel of the same thing. But if we view God as this loving judge, this evaluative judge, this judge who is going to help us live correctly according to his design of us, then judgment is no longer scary. You know, it's a telltale sign that we've got things wrong if our ideas of God bring anxiety instead of peace and inspire fear and not love. And our theology of God as a judge has been guilty of this. The problem is, is too often our God the judge sounds too much like the Pharisees uh, from the story in John 8 and not enough like Jesus. And too often we as Christians sound an awful lot like the Pharisees and we don't recognise ourselves as the woman who was rescued by Jesus. So how can we help this? How can we do something about this? And what will that do for us? Well, first of all, I want to suggest that we employ and deploy different metaphors, that we widen our metaphorical palette from just the courtroom judge. Perhaps we can talk about judgment uh, with the metaphor of a physician who discerns what ails us and then sets about healing us. Or we could talk about a gardener who perceives that a plant could be more fruitful, who judges that a plant could be more fruitful and sets away pruning away the dead foliage. Or maybe even a shepherd who knows sheep will get lost because they're dumb. So he judges that sheep are not apt to save themselves. They are not able to keep themselves on the right path. And therefore he becomes their leader. He shepherds them. He directs them. He nurtures them. Or we could talk about a craftsman, a craftsman who refines metal, separating the dross from the precious. All of these are, are, are signs of discerning, of, of seeing things of right, of judgment. But actually they lead to things like healing. They lead to pruning. They lead to protection. They lead to um, beauty. Whereas just having uh, the courtroom judge metaphor as our dominating metaphor of God, we end up with just punishment. And how does this change things for us today then? Well, if God is a judge and we will all be judged then it changes how we even tell the story of God how we evangelize instead of being bad news you know you better do right else God's going to punish you which just sounds like an angry man trying to get out his anger issues we can say look God wants to heal you God wants to separate you from the things that are holding you back from living the fullness of life that can only be found in a reconciled relationship with God Come and experience this true life and feel yourself changed. You don't have to change yourself to live a godly life. It is the love of God that does that. It's the, Jesus Christ being revealed to you by the Holy Spirit that does these things. So when we come to evangelize and talk about judgment, then it becomes good news and not bad news. And it changes everything in how we see God. So go read the blog. Uh, it's... <laughs> It's probably a bit more well articulated and enjoy. Amen.